better part of the past two calendar years, Ben Roethlisberger has been just this model citizen. Always smiling, always chin up, always saying exactly the right thing in exactly the right situation. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, that's not entirely him. We saw the rest of entirely him. Once again, yesterday, good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. I will take, in a competitive setting, snarky and sarcastic Ben over all other Ben's. I have maintained this forever. You will never see Ben's true, full game face until he gets a little bit like that, at least a little bit. And I understand the Heinz Field game a couple of weeks ago was an exception. He was all really still nice and everything about that. That's different. That was sappy and emotional and everything else. This weekend in Kansas City is all about one thing. It's about winning a single elimination football game. That's it. And one thing that Ben has never liked is when the Steelers are almost universally regarded as an underdog. Now, you might think it's exactly the opposite because you always hear from football players, oh, we love being the underdog. Love no, they don't because it means someone's telling you that you're not as good as the other team, which, at least to some level, could reasonably be considered a criticism of the individuals involved. Ben hasn't liked it, but the way he responds to it, ironically, is to embrace it. Albeit with snark and with sarcasm. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the snark-slash-sarcastic version of Ben Roethlisberger, courtesy of his access with the media yesterday here on the South Side. Yeah, I mean, we're probably 20-point underdogs, and we're going to the number one, te- the number one team that's... I know they're not the number one team, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years. Um arguably the best team in football, um, we don't have a chance. So let's just go in and play and have fun. There you go. Just in case you were wondering where his mindset is at this moment, I found it fascinating that this past Sunday in Baltimore, he openly acknowledged that he really wasn't thinking through that whole game about this is his last, this is finally it. He said, and I very much believe him, based not only on his words but on his actions, that Heinz Field was it. That was where he got all his goodbyes out of the way, externally and internally. Had all of his family and friends there, asked his old teammates to come, his old offensive linemen. And in Baltimore, as he acknowledged to us, his family didn't even make the trip. Believe me, I'm not criticizing Ashley or the kids. I'm just saying... Even he didn't view that game in Baltimore as the end of anything. He viewed it, as he put it, as a football game. As a football game that he very much wanted to win. Well, now here come playoffs. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how... You'd prefer to do that studying, 
Whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, it's funny that after Ben made this remark, Najee Harris, who is a rookie, remember, put a post up on his Instagram that I'm not going to give you the direct line, but something uh, akin to uh, what? Meaning what Ben said. But then before long, that post was taken down because I'm sure somebody, possibly Ben, eventually got to him and said, listen, <laughs> this is what we're doing here. They want to treat us like underdogs. Go right ahead. The Steelers have everything to gain from being viewed that way, in particular by, you know, the Chiefs. Because if the Chiefs have anywhere in the backs of their minds that A, the Steelers stink, or that B, they'll get the same result as they did two weeks ago in Arrowhead just by showing up, then the Chiefs are going to make some trouble for themselves that they don't need to make. So why not play every card that's available to you? Why not use all of the gamesmanship that's there to be had? really like this, and I understand that this isn't going to win the game for them. I also understand that they're you know, very, 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 very likely not going to win the game. I'm not being weird here. But think about it this way. If the Steelers were to win, and I'll remind you that we are all talking right now just a handful of days after the Jaguars beat the Colts. Oh, and I'll also remind you that the number one seed in the AFC playoffs, the Titans. The number seven and the bottom seed in the AFC playoffs are the Steelers. And that it was just about a month ago that the Steelers beat the Titans at Heinz Field. So these things aren't like crazy way out there that they could happen. It's very much been that kind of year, especially in this conference. But if the Steelers were to win, you know and I know that the overwhelming bulk of the debate and discussion afterward, not just in Kansas City, but across the football world, will be about the Chiefs not having been mentally prepared for it. Am I right? Am I right? Is that what everyone would be? Even here, even here, there'd be a lot of that. The Chiefs didn't take us seriously. Chiefs didn't take our guys seriously. Well, that being the case, consider this something of a preemptive strike, and one that just might be already recognized on the other side. When Andy Reid told reporters out in Kansas City, this was also yesterday, that the Steelers are playing right now like a number one seed. Oh, they aren't. Andy Reid's been in football a long, long, long time. You can give him credit for battling it out against the Browns and the Ravens and whatever else they did along the way. Playing like a number one seed. Well, you know what? Maybe Andy's right. Maybe they are playing like a number one seed in this conference. When we come back, just one question.
Today's J1Q comes from Heather, who asks, if you had the decision, what would the Steelers' offensive line look like this week? Wow. Wish you'd shared yours first. I'm not going to have a super easy time of this, even though this is easily my favorite subject as it relates to the Steelers, mostly because it's been the most important one all through 2021. Probably will be going into this coming calendar year as well. But I'm going to go with Dan Moore Jr. Since he was back and a full participant yesterday, that was a pretty noteworthy thing for this team. Uh, And that'll put Joe Haig back on the bench. Haig's done just wonderful work for being what Mike Tomlin referred to this week as a Swiss Army knife. But ultimately, a Swiss Army knife, you know, needs to give way to a specialist. Moore's been, uh, whatever, I can't say that much that's that good about him, but I also can't really rip him because he's a rookie and he's maybe the one rookie where you look at and say he's going to be a good player in this league. And I do think that Dan Moore is going to be a good player in this league, and ideally for the Steelers, he's a good player on Sunday. So let's start with him. Left guard is going to be John Leglu. Um, And I'm not just saying that because Kevin Dotson's been out for a while. I'm saying that because Ben likes him. This is what I've been told. Ben really likes playing behind him. It doesn't mean that he's been perfect, but between what I heard yesterday about Ben and some of the little lines that Tomlin has allowed to sneak into some of his press gatherings where he'll just throw Leglu's name in like out of nowhere. He did it again Sunday in Baltimore where he'll say something really good that the team did overall, and then he'll just throw out Leglu's name and then move on. <laughs> you know, uh, I think they like him. J.C. Hasnauer is going to be your center. There is no way, speaking of Tomlin's little hints, that he didn't drop the J.C. bomb in there Tuesday. Accident. And for anybody who missed it, Tomlin was giving an update on Kendrick Green's health and saying we expect he's going to be ready and available. But that said, J.C.'s played really well for us. Okay, coach, well, what are you trying to tell us? J.C. Hasnauer is going to be your center. Trey Turner is going to be the right guard, as fully anticipated. And, of course, Chooks Okorafor will be the right tackle. So, you know what, maybe this wasn't all that hard. You know, maybe it just feels like it should be hard or harder than it's been. But the Steelers also have been... Uh, in fairness to all concerned up against it with injuries and COVID and other things on the offensive line, in addition to being inexperienced and, oh, by the way, generally bad at football. So there, there it is, Heather. What do you think? What do you think? Nah, nah, me neither, at least not from the personnel standpoint. But I will say this, over the past two weeks since Adrian Clem was run out, coincidence or not, the Steelers have adopted a more straightforward, straight-ahead blocking approach. And because I don't trust myself to make observations that sharp when it comes to something as intricate as the offensive line, I have had that confirmed now by not one, but two former Steelers offensive linemen who have recognized it. So you're seeing these guys basically keep it from point A to point B. Uh, It's not 
as layered as what we saw earlier in the season with all the pulling and the stunting and the zone blocking and everything else, where you end up with those awful sequences where there's three offensive linemen blocking nobody and one defensive lineman bringing your quarterback down. It's appearing to be less confusing for the participants involved. Now, it still hasn't resulted in any great holes, as we saw in Baltimore. Uh, Najee Harris's only really significant run was that bounce-out to the left, designed bounce-out, as it turned out. So, I don't know. I, I, I can never say anything good about the offensive line. Did, could you tell, though, that I just tried anyway? I tried. Thanks for the question, Heather. Thanks to everybody for listening. We will do another Daily Shot of Steelers setting up another trip to Kansas City tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.